This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production Make your content accessible and inclusive to the deaf community. Deaf Interp Training Services provides sign language interpretation for your vlogs, podcasts, webinars, and other online content. Visit our website at deafinterp.com Coming up next on Miko Santos' Inside Job. The easiest way is first is to understand what you love. Like, because uh, for me, when I, I said, I've always wanted to be a writer ever since I could, uh, learn, I, ever since I learned how to read, I said, I'm going to be a writer. I, wa- I wasn't sure like what kind of writer. So everything kind of happened naturally. So I just said, uh, I'm going to start a blog, but I didn't know as well that you can actually uh, make money from your blog. And that's how clients found me in like my tech blog. So I would suggest first kind of figure out what kind of writing you want to do at the same time, what kind of topics you love to talk about, and then just do them for yourself. Uh, be- I always say that Clarity comes from engagement. So one of my favorite authors and also video producer, she's like really great at at it, is Marie Folio. So she has a YouTube channel for content creators and entrepreneurs. And she always say, um, clarity comes from engagement. So whether you're not unsure, just try it out. So if you are planning to uh, make a business out of your writing, just kind of like ask yourself, what are the types of writing that I've already done? Uh, and can I turn it into a business? If, for example, you've written email copies for your like current, uh, even if you're full-time employee and you write emails for your boss, that could be considered as copywriting. You just need to hone it. So if you like writing email copies, the, a lot of people are making a lot of money from email copies. So just kind of understand what you already have, uh, how else you can improve and practice every day. Hello, Yuminista. This is Miko Santos. Before podcasting and blogging, I used to be a journalist for 20 years, researching complicated issues or science which most people would not have the time or access to the information. This podcast is an insightful conversation with people at the top of their game and deconstruct them to find the tools, tactics, and tricks to help you achieve your dream goal. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Irene Chan is a freelance copywriter and video producer in and has over 10 years of experience helping tech startups grow through content marketing. She is a mom of two and a movie geek. She hosts a weekly live streaming and podcast called Productive Popcorn, which combines her passion for movies, productivity, and video production. Please welcome on Inside Job, Irene Chan. Hello, how are you today, Irene? Hello, thank you so much for having me, Miko. And 
I'm so happy that we finally got together in one video call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your time. It's for our audience and listener right now. You are a freelance copywriter and a video producer and also mm-hmm. have a 10 years experience helping tech startup grow their through content marketing. Can you tell us when that started? Mm-hmm. Being a, sure. a live streaming as well? Yeah, of course. So it's kind of like going back. I've been working remotely for going 11 years this year. So at that time, I started a blog. Uh, it was a tech blog like I was reviewing apps and that was mainly because for my passion and about writing I said if I want to improve my writing and learn about SEO because at that time SEO was really hot um, remote work uh, remote job so I said I'm gonna learn how to blog I'm gonna learn how to set up a WordPress blog and that's how I started Uh, I was doing that while also like uh, being a virtual assistant, doing uh, research work, and also SEO. At the time, SEO was like going through directories and submitting the websites of your uh, clients. So that was pretty much how it started. And then the live streaming started like officially as a part of my work in 2016. But I've been live streaming since I had the... Uh, when you have 100 subscribers on YouTube... YouTube activates your Google uh, Hangouts on air and you will be able to go live to your YouTube channel. They removed that already, but that's like, oh, I thought this was pretty cool. I didn't do like really much about it. I just tried it out, but I've always loved like video. So when BeLive asked me to work with them because I met the founders in Israel when, while I was there, they said, you know, come work for us. And I said, yeah, of course, I'd be happy to do that. So that's when I really kind of dived in into the live video industry. And yeah, since then I've like worked with BeLive, helping uh, helping them with content, producing shows for them. One of my first job for BeLive was actually moderating uh, Facebook Live. Facebook Live. So it wasn't a thing back then. Like the well, only few people like uh, were going live, and I maybe I, I'm not sure yet. But at that time, no one was getting paid to moderate a Facebook Live. So I thought that was a pretty cool to like get paid. For something that you do for fun. <laughs> so you're a writer. So why writers just like you need to start like a live streaming? Wow, uh, that's a really great question. For me, I guess uh, I, I always ask myself which one I love first, writing or like video. But um, I think I actually wrote a, a blog post about this. Why writers need to live stream is because one, if you want to stand out, I think live streaming is a great way to go because most of the time when you pitch your services, um, you need to your clients need to be able to see you. And when they see you and hear you talk in a live stream, and live stream is great because it's not edited. Uh, I mean, like they can see you as who you are, how you talk, and how you think. So I think it's a great way to kind of sample how you communicate, which is great for for writers. So that's one thing. And I think secondly, even if you are not like actively selling your writing services yet, live streaming is a great way to just basically practice your your communication skills. Uh, that's what I used to do. I would randomly go live when when they have like the Facebook live activated on my account. I would just like go live and like talk to people because I thought it was a great way to just practice talking, practicing my English and just practice Uh, engaging with the viewers online through through live video. If you if someone 
if someone listening right now and also watching this uh, podcast, video podcast, what is your advice to them if they are passionate on writing and also producing video and they want that passion into a business just like what you're doing right now, like a content marketing? Wow. Uh, I guess um, the easiest way is first is to understand what you love. Like, because uh, for me, when I, I said, I've always wanted to be a writer ever since I could, <laughs> uh, learn, I, ever since I learned how to read, I said, I'm going to be a writer. I, I, I wasn't sure like what kind of writer. So everything kind of happened naturally. So I just said, uh, I'm going to start a blog, but I didn't know as well that you can actually uh, make money from your blog. And that's how clients found me in like my tech blog. So I would suggest first kind of figure out what kind of writing you want to do at the same time, what kind of topics you love to talk about, and then just do them for yourself. I always say that clarity comes from engagement. So one of my favorite authors and also video producer, she's like really great at, at it, is Marie Folio. So she has a YouTube channel for content creators and entrepreneurs. And she always say, um, clarity comes from engagement. So whether you're not unsure, just try it out. So if you are planning to uh, make a business out of your writing, just kind of like uh, ask yourself, what are the types of writing that I've already done? Uh, and can I turn it into a business? And for example, you've written email copies for your like current, uh, even if you're full-time employee and you write uh, like emails for your boss, that could be considered as copywriting. You just need to hone it. So if you like writing email copies, the, a lot of people are making a lot of money from email copies. So just kind of understand what you already have, uh, how else you can improve and practice every day. So for me, one of the things that I'm trying to improve is my video production because uh, in the past few years, my, my work mainly is like behind the scenes. So I organize all of the conferences, the live summits, but most of the time I'm behind the camera. So one of my goals this year is to be better at being in front of the camera and hosting. And at the same time, you know, like doing like what you do, like doing all of the things in the background while you're also interviewing. So what I uh, what I'm doing is I created the show Productive Popcorn because I think it's fun. It combines everything that I like. You'll be able to like conceptualize the episode. You'll, you'll be able to uh, write the script. So it's kind of, I'm doing it for myself, but at the same time, I'm enjoying it. And right now, uh, my family and my coworkers are watching it. So I'm just like taking it one step at a time and understanding, you know, maybe this will help me keep improving. And I'll think about like turning that specific area of my passion into a business because right now my main thing is uh writing and also video strategy so hopefully uh I, and i'm trying to transition more into like uh voice overs and be, just being in front of the camera and in the production itself this podcast is brought to you by guerrilla podcast syndicate powered by kangaroo fern media lab Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcasts and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Why do you think the video marketing is very important to, to a business, especially a tech startup? 
Yeah, uh, for tech startups, uh, I love working with uh, startups because it, especially in the early stage, because you have this raw idea and you turn it into something, uh, into a product. And I, I, I find it exciting to turn ideas into a reality. And at the same time, in an early stage startup, you still have so many possibilities. It's not um, like when there's a bigger company, there are a lot of rules and there are a lot of like approval process. So for at the early stage startups, uh, you have something that you have an idea and you still have many ex ways to experiment on will, what will work to promote your product. And for me, I think the fastest way to sell your product is through videos. Because when you're a new company, you don't have a lot of people know don't know you online and of course you can build uh, all of the reviews you know many sites like have that the reviews especially for SaaS companies um, but that one takes time it takes time to like build the Facebook group so while while you're doing that you can also produce videos like really simple ones like there are a lot of video explainers you can also like uh, do a live interview just you and your team just so people can see you and I think that's like the fastest way to build social proof and people can see that there's a real team behind um, this company and that they're cool and that you can trust them. So you're willing to try them. I personally have read a lot of, no, I personally have bought a lot of books from authors that I have never heard before because I've heard them speak in an, inter in an interview about their book. So I was like, really, wow, I, I love this person and I'm going to buy a book after this uh, interview. So that works for me from the like company side and also as a consumer side. So you said you're reading a lot of books. What, what, what do you recommend for people who is trying to go into a live streaming? Or do you have any recommended books for them? Yeah, I am actually have been trying to find books specifically like for live streaming. There are like uh, a lot of books. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out to Paul Richards. So he has a book about live streaming. Uh, he's the founder of Stream Geeks. So I know that one is in, for Amazon, um, is available on Amazon. So the other, like I, right now I haven't seen a book that's really about live streaming per se, but uh, I would suggest reading a lot of marketing books um, just in general. So there's a, the popular book by Anne Hadley, Everybody Writes. So it's about writing, but uh, the book is very practical so that uh, whether you're a business owner, a writer or a marketer, you can actually turn her insights into actual copy for your business, whether it's email, social media posts. So I highly recommend it. Um, I guess for me right now, I'm uh, I'm not sure if you know the movie The Room. <laughs> um, the one with, so there was a movie about it called The Disaster Artist. And they also, it was based on a book. So I'm reading the book and it's about this guy who met Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau um, and he produced this film called The Room, which was like probably the, terrible most terrible movie of all time <laughs> so it's not technically about live streaming but it's about like how you bring an idea to life into a film so it it like it walks you through how they made the script how they filmed everything for me that's very interesting as someone who likes to be in video production so and it's also told in a way that's very entertaining so because it's kind of a memoir too so yeah I highly recommend it if you love to uh 
learn about Hollywood, behind the scene Hollywood stuff. <laughs> is live streaming just a fad? What What is your opinion about this one? Yeah, I think during 2016 when Facebook Live, when Facebook released Facebook Live, m- people thought that it m- will be like a fad that only influencers like or big brands will be using it. Uh, and at that time, Facebook actually paid influencers to go live. And pe- companies that were doing Facebook lives were like um, Dunkin' Donuts, BuzzFeed, of course, Facebook. So it seemed like something that's not necessary for your marketing. But um, in 2020, as we know, it, the world was in lockdown. So we've seen a huge jump in the live streaming industry just in many areas of growth. So the number of people going live, the number of people watching live streams, like it doubled and tripled in since 2020. So I don't think it will be a fad. In fact, I think it will be remain a staple and for a lot of businesses, because especially with retail. So retail was forced to kind of take a look at live streaming as a viable option to sell their uh, their inventory because people can't shop. So that's why right now there's a lot of uh, ways to, even Facebook kind of uh, served live shopping features so that people can uh, shop live and added uh, live capabilities to, to Facebook sellers. So definitely it's going to keep growing and have more, Um, categories because even Twitch recently added a new category <laughs> for the topics on Twitch like hot tub streams because so many like no, gamers are not the only one that uh, streams anymore it's like become accessible to to most people what are your advice would you give to someone say who listening right now and watching this wanting to pursue a career like you that doing live streaming doing writing and producing video? Uh, yeah, I think my main advice is to just go ahead and create. Because um, most of the time, for like people like us who are content creators, we have all of this anxiety because I have them like all the time. But I've learned how to manage them better. So I'm, I, I guess what I'm what they call a recovering perfectionist because before... I was like a perfectionist, especially when I was in school. I couldn't like, uh, I my homework or my presentation needs to be perfect. But in the real world, you have to keep producing content and get data. So it's okay for things not to be perfect. Uh, there's this saying that I learned from Elizabeth Gilbert, but I'm not sure whether it's just like a general saying, um, done is better than good. And... So I'm always, especially when I have a new idea, I just say, what is the fastest way that I can produce and um, push this idea to the world so that I can start getting feedback and get better at publishing things and get um, feedback as well? Because when you're a content creator, you're going to constantly get feedback. Last week, actually, when I went live, someone like a live commented something hateful about me. And I had to deal with it live. So maybe a few years ago, I would have like just um, crawled in my bed, but I think I got, I've gotten better. So the, the only thing, if you want to be a content creator, just create. It doesn't have to be the best. The goal is that you, 
your your the content that you create today ideally is better than what you created yesterday. Sorry, that's kind of cheesy now that I say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you handle um, like not so good comment when you're doing a live streaming? How do you handle that? Yeah, I, I guess um, I had made the mistake because I usually read all of the comments aloud. And at that time, I did, you know, because I, I was off guard. Usually mo- the people that are watching the, the, the new show that I did, because it's totally a personal project, it's my mom and my sister. So I didn't expect that someone else was watching it. So I read the comment live. Like she would say, I basically the message was Irene is not a good person, so I'm out of here. <laughs> so, but you know, um, I was truly affect. I was truly concerned that I was not nice to him. Maybe I did said something wrong. So I said, I'm sorry if in any way like I offended you. Let's take it offline after the live stream. And you know, that's it. I I, I didn't uh kind of got mad or anything. I just I was just genuinely sorry, and said you know uh let's uh deal with it offline and I realized that person actually was just some random guy that I've never met before because uh, I guess it's always still important to be kind even if people are not kind to you and one thing that I learned is if there's a troll it's better not to engage like don't feed the troll <laughs> I agree with you can you tell us our overview of this uh, productive popcorn your podcast sure um so uh actually it was originally a live stream but i said maybe i can turn it into a podcast as inspired by miko because <laughs> miko is like uh and and when we messaged like this week i was like yeah i already turned it into a podcast so Uh, I, I was like so happy to share that. So anyway, uh, basically, productive popcorn. It came from my idea that you, because there are some personal development gurus that say, you know, don't watch TV. You're wasting your life watching TV. But I like TV. I like. I'm productive, but I don't like. But I still watch TV. So uh, and from my. Uh, circle of friends and family are also content creators. My sister, especially, she used to be very guilty about like watching her favorite shows because she feels like she needs to be productive all the time. And I said, no, you you can be productive and like watch all of the shows that you love. Like for me, I have I'm right now I'm working full time as a freelance writer and video producer. I have two kids, uh, but I still watch a lot of shows. <laughs> so that's when I had the idea, kind of the name played around in my head, productive popcorn. I'm gonna help people, you know, pr- uh, prioritize what they need to watch so that they can still watch the shows that they love and at the same time do a lot of productive stuff. So I discuss what's worth watching this week. So like this week, I'm gonna discuss like Friends. Should you watch it or not? And other comedy series that you should watch on Netflix. That way you don't have uh you don't need to spend a lot of time thinking of what to watch. Uh it's kind of like a, a interactive TV guide. <laughs> so yeah and my 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 friends and family always ask me anyway like what's good to watch. So I thought you know I'll I'll just answer it on a live stream. So what has what has been your most unexpected surprise during your podcasting journey? Hmm What an interesting question. I actually started podcasting during the SoundCloud days. I still have some of my SoundCloud, maybe in 2012, but I've never done something regular. So, you know, I would record myself about 
random stuff. Um, I guess something that I uh, unexpected is I realized how much I love audio. So if you, Miko um, knows that I work with BeLive. Uh, before I became freelancer, I, I, I was working with BeLive full-time as a marketing manager. And in the pandemic, when the lockdown started, I was in a really bad place for so many reasons. I was also pregnant. and But there's one thing that I realized about myself. I was on a bed rest. I couldn't do anything. I was I literally had to stay in bed for three days first, and then it got worse, so two weeks. But what I was doing in bed was creating a podcast because that, that was like the only sane thing for me to do. I, I downloaded Anchor, recorded some stuff, and then... Uh, that's when I realized, you know, I, I think I'm truly a content creator because I, in my bed, I'm like creating content in my phone. So that's when I realized I have to make career changes. I, I, I don't want to be a manager. I, ha- I need to go back to uh, creating content. So I guess it's as when I look back, it's not really surprising that I had this epiphany because I've always been a content creator, but yeah, that's kind of uh, the unexpected journey, like content creator. I need to create content and now I'm getting more specific and I, I want to create more like a audio content podcast because I I feel like it's one of the best and easiest way to express yourself because you can, you know, just sit down and have a script and you can go and create amazing content. And I'm sure that you can relate because you're the podcast guy. (laughs) We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Okay, so this next question, it's supposed to be you are going to speak this on Pod Fiesta last, when was that one? Yes. <laughs> How to turn your live streaming into a podcast so mm, yes so what i do um i'm still kind of uh, figuring out the process so i go live using be live with a uh, productive popcorn on my youtube channel but i and then i download the audio because there's an option to just download only and once you download the audio what i do is i edit in audacity so i try to edit it as much as i can like edit the parts where i interact with the audience live and edit the parts like the so I cut it from like uh, 30 minutes to like 10 to 15 minutes. I only started cutting like last week. Uh, in that way, I think it will be more solid and people that are listening from the podcast don't have to sit through the other uh, relevant things because they can't interact anyway. So yeah, I, I think that's... Uh, and then I use Anchor um, for now because I know I tried it before. It was like the easiest tool that I've used. So once I edit it, then I upload it to Anchor and then Anchor does the distribution of your um, your podcast. So that's kind of my process for now. Um, I hope I'll be able to like improve it because uh, when I cut my live stream, it doesn't have any music because I'm afraid to use music in my live stream because of the copyright strike. So I'm going to figure out, I guess in the next one, I'm going to figure out like, you know, adding intro, adding music and to make it like sound really uh legitimate podcast so you've been doing your live streaming for a quite some time now doing be live days what, what what is the option or way that 
you can actually draw viewers to your live streaming. Which have been some people have been live streaming for a long, long time, but there is no traction with the viewers. Or you need to have a good topic so that they can engage with you. Ooh, yeah. Um. So for me, I've had years experience of organizing and producing podcasts. Sorry, uh, live streams in the background. So one thing that I know for sure to draw audience in, like kind of a quick tip, if you're starting out and you're planning a few live streams, it's important to be to pick the right guest because when you have the right guest, they can help. You can tap into their audience, and they can, especially if you're close with a guest and you have a lot of people in your niche that are um, influencers in that category. That's one way to draw viewers in. But the important thing is that you have also a solid structure of your show. Uh, right now, I'm working on a new show with Live called The Pomodoro Show. So it's a productivity hacks for content creators in 25 minutes. So we're putting a new spin into the show because right now, a lot of, there are a lot of live streams. So instead of producing a long show, we're only producing it 25 minutes, which is the Pomodoro timer is 25 minutes. So I'm going to do the show with a timer and we're going to cover all of the productivity hacks with one expert in, yeah, in 25 minutes. So if you could have like a gimmick like that to draw people in, so you have like a a topic that people want to learn more about and then some kind of cool gimmick that could draw people in. And of course, not all of your live streams will have the like the same results. Some will have good views. Some will have better views. There are times that you will have low views. So the important thing is to understand your data and, you know, understand like this one is good because this these are the reasons. And then you use that to keep improving. Yeah. Keep improving your show. So you're saying you have to have your perfect customer avatar or audience. So you need, yes. to, have, you need to plan it. Exactly. What motivates you in the morning to get up early? A really good cup of coffee. <laughs> 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 or, uh, no, uh, what motivates me? I actually wake up at 5 a.m. Um, to do my work because I guess, first of all, my kids motivate me. Like uh, they... Uh, like I build all of this stuff so that they can experience a great life. So that's one thing. Second is I just love to create. Like in the morning, I like thinking about, I, I guess for me, there's kind of two parts of creation. There's one creating for your clients and one is creating for yourself. So creating clients for me is more of like um, more business oriented. So it's not, of course, there's some kind of creativity, but you have a lot of restrictions. But I also give myself a sandbox as a creator where I can create anything I want without, you know, whether I could make money from it or I could sell it. So, and I think that's very important for content creators to have that space. So that excites me, like, you know, creating random stuff <laughs> from the, from your house, you know, like creating a vlog or a podcast. I think that's exciting. Cause you've been I'm live streaming for quite some time now. What is the easy way, easiest way to implement that you can make money from your live streaming. I know the gamers get money from mm. advertiser, but for the new content creator who is doing live streaming, is there any easy way to make money from that? I guess there's two parts. Uh, when you make money, I guess 
there's no easy way. And it depends on how much money you want to make. I mean, because if you want to make 10 bucks, then that's easy. <laughs> uh, so first, if you have, uh, like for me, I make money doing live video strategy and doing the, you know, uh, a live video. So I get paid for that service. But there, it's and it's something that I'm working on but slowly is that you want to build a passive income from the content that you create. One of the things that I tested during the start of the lockdowns is uh, promoting affiliate products on the live stream. So it's kind of like a live sales. So in the Philippines, we have the Shopee and Lazada because we don't have Amazon. So I signed up for their affiliate program and then I would go live and like talk about the things that I order online. So, you know, because at that time I got tons of questions when people were forced to work at home, I got tons of questions about like which headset to use, which uh, webcams to use. Because I've been, my network knows that I've been working for at home and remotely for a very long time. So, you know, uh, I went live and it talked about the headset and then I put a link of the affiliate link. So actually it ended up making um, 50 bucks, 20, 25 to 50 bucks per month, just like promoting it um, through the live streams. I actually still get uh, money from some of the streams that I, it's not a lot. So like $20 um, is like 1000 pesos, but you know, uh, I could save it up and buy a better camera. Um, it's something that I used to, it's something that I love doing and I order stuff online anyway. So that's one thing. So if you want to learn more about affiliate marketing, I actually have like a video about it. And uh, second, which is something that takes more time. I haven't like even tapped on it yet for, as you said, like revenue share. Cause like for YouTube, you need to have 1000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, I think in order to have this revenue share. So that's definitely something that I'm aiming for in the future, but that I probably will take <laughs> uh, two years just to get to that. Um, uh, so right now I'm not thinking about monetizing my YouTube channel, but the fastest way is like the affiliate marketing because when you apply for Amazon, for Amazon, you can actually, they, once you sign up, you immediately get your links and you don't uh, even have to have a YouTube channel. You can go live in your, your timeline, Facebook Live, and talk about the products that you love and include the links. So I think it's the fastest and easiest way to make money right away. But of course, it's something that won't replace your current income. <laughs> that That's true. So I have also Amazon that is mm. affiliate as well. So that's what I'm doing as well. But it's it's a it's a one of the passive income. So you're seeing um, a camera on the live streaming. What is the best webcam for live streaming? Yes, I love this question because I just recently wrote an article about it and my list of camera gadgets to buy is actually getting long. But if there's just one camera that you need to buy, it's Logitech C922 because it's cheap. Uh, it's under $100. It's currently $80. There was a surge price in the pandemic, like I think in March 2020, but now it's like back to normal. Uh, it streams in 1080p. Uh, right now I don't have the best lighting, so I, that's probably not a good example, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Logitech C922, it works also with video calls. So if you're using it for zoom, um, and of course, if you have higher budget, Logitech also have the Logitech, Logitech stream cam and then, uh, Brio. So Brio, I think is the mo most expensive one. And of course the DSLR. 
uh, which I don't have right now. That's one thing that I'm saving up for. So the DSLR is something that you can also use as a webcam. Plus you can use it for your, you know, YouTube videos since definitely the highest type of camera that you can use for content creation. Thank you for that. So do you have any final advice or anything else that you want to share with our listener and audience who is also thinking to be like you, a live streamer? Thank you. Uh, I'm going to borrow from Nike, just go live. <laughs> you know, just uh, don't overthink it. Just push the button and start going live. Thank you so much. How can our listeners connect with you online, Irene? Yeah, uh, uh, just go to my website. It's it's irenechan.com, I-T-S, uh, irenechan.com. I'm also on Twitter, same handle. It's irenechan, Instagram, same. And yeah, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter. So I guess I'll see you there. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Irene, for your time. And hopefully our listener and audience learned from it that who is also thinking of becoming a live streamer like you and also want to to be a writer and a video producer as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Miku. I'm so happy to be here. Bye-bye. Bye. Be sure to subscribe. You will notify when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or via RSS. If you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with me at Inside Job on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'd love to chat with you over Instagram. Follow me at the side strip. That is T H E. S-I-D-E-S-T-R-I-P. So that's the side strip. So that's T-H-E-S-I-D-E-S-T-R-I-P. This podcast is brought to you by Kangaroo Firm Media Lab, Australia's independent video and audio podcast management. And thank you to Def and Thurp for our sign language interpretation for our podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.